Good evening. This evening's talk is titled Your Security Blanket. Your Security Blanket. So that can show up in lots of different ways. And uh, you could say that your security blanket could be a piece of clothing, like a rock suit. Maybe. <clears throat> So it's not about getting rid of your security blanket. It is about being aware of the various ways, methodologies, structures, schemes that you have to protect your identity, your agenda, your hopes and dreams, your wishes, all of the other fabrications that arise out of hope for this and fear of that, simply put. Anytime anything is occurring that is agreeable or threatening, to use the extremes, or is, seems to be not important, vague, or just kind of boring, we are probably going to do something with it. If it's entertaining, or if it's good, or if it's supportive, then we'll We'll weave that into our security blanket, whatever that may be, which we'll get more specific about the different ways of having a security blanket. And what is the security? What is the security about? It is about protecting the identity, protecting the self-centeredness, protecting the narcissism, protecting who you think you are. When someone is when we talk about someone, someone seeming, seeming to be egotistical, this is just over-the-top emphasis on me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, and how great I am, and how you should admire me, that kind of thing. That's a little easier to see. Other kinds of self-centeredness are much more uh, subtle and much more in the shadows, so to speak, or around the corner, or under the edge, or behind the curtain. And it is about, as I say over and over again, rarely do I say the opposite of this. It's about awareness of whatever's arising. It's about awareness of the form, not removing it, substituting it, uh, modifying it. It's about the awareness. If you're really aware of whatever this form is, if it, especially if it shows up as your particular security blanket, which may show up just as anything that happens, you've got ideas about it. You see it as being not not just right, it needs adjusting, or it's not exactly what I think it should be happening. Sometimes having a conversation with somebody that has no mind training at all, it's just uh, kind of tiring because all you do, all you're really doing is listening to them uh, prate around with their security blanket. I'm this, I like this, I'm good at this, I know this. 
what I think you ought to do is you need to get a job or you need to change mates or you need to uh, stop being gay or something. <clears throat> Somebody producing all kinds of things, but we're producing even as uh, students of the Buddha's Dharma, as meditators, we're doing some kind of production also. If you weren't producing anything, particularly that is coming from some kind of grasping at a self, grasping at others, grasping, you probably wouldn't even be listening to me. You might listen, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that would uh, be of interest to you. <clears throat> so again, it is about seeing that. It is about seeing that that kind of a cover-up rather than getting rid of it or stopping it or not producing or not intellectualizing or not uh, uh, condemning or accepting or ignoring. It's not about stopping any of that. If you try to do that artificially, when I say before it's time that you see what it is, it's like stopping something without seeing what the whole energy field is around that particular force, which might be your intellect, it might be your uh, sex drive, it might be your uh, addiction in some particular area where there's some kind of form arising that you can't get enough of. You want more of that, that's not enough, I need more. <clears throat> Pardon me. So again, it's about observing that, seeing that form and seeing that it's never exactly the same all the time. It's always, there's always some modification. And sometimes there's a modification, then we have modifications on top of the modifications. So then you have several layers of blankets. You know, one is a, a fuzzy Afghan and the other one is actually very, very carefully crafted uh, quilt made of all your ideas about everything. Quilting. Quilting confusion. So I'm not against quilting. I'm not against thinking. I'm not against particularly against anything, nor am I for anything particularly. What do I want? Do I want something? Yes, I do. I want to help you see what this is with your permission. Because if you don't see what it is, then you'll be under that security blanket that you're not seeing that it's there. You're not seeing what that is. And then when uh, whatever, impermanence, simply put, this happens, that goes away, this and suddenly you're caught somehow by circumstances that were unexpected. The, the, the powerful one, of course, is death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. At, at that time, the Dharma will be my, own, my only help. I must practice it with exertion the first of the four reminders that turn the mind towards what? The truth, the Dharma. <clears throat> All the different kinds of ways that a security blanket could show up in any given person 
I may, as uh, if I'm functioning as your teacher, I may be able to see what you're doing or how you do that. But, and even though I might, might be able to say, here's what you're doing. That may not be helpful at all. Well, it could be. There might be times when that comes up and that is fundamentally necessary. Quite often, what happens is I see, because I've been looking for a while, I see what's happening there. And I encourage you to see it yourself. I encourage you to see it. Sit down, train your mind to see how how much you're missing, to see how much you're adding on, how much you're covering things up. You have to actually see that you're doing that. It may up in the metaphor of the security blanket is just pull that out of some somewhere. It's but some kind of a some kind of a way of covering up that is that other people can sometimes see it. They might not be sure exactly what they're doing. They 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 might say if they were to describe you to someone else, well, she's a very she's very nice. I really like her. But there's something that uh, something. Is going on there that's not uh, they might not say not sincere or they might say well, you're phony um, but there might be something about that, that where they see it have you noticed how easy it is to see other people's security blankets <laughs> or what you think might be their security blanket the interesting thing is other than possibly pointing it out to them by the way you're Full of yourself, and you think all your ideas are right, and you think, 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 not going to be helpful to them. And as a practitioner, we begin to realize that criticizing others, being critical of others based on our perception of what their confusion is, is not going to be helpful to them. Each person has to see it themselves. And this is why the teaching person, if they function as a true teacher, will have tremendous, I don't know of any other word for it, tremendous patience. It's like they don't care if it ever, they don't care if the person, if it ever shows up for their benefit, they're fine with that. But they want that person to see the truth for themselves. And if someone sees the truth for themselves, there's nothing left to do. There's not even a graduation ceremony. Why? Nothing is separate. <clears throat> Could have some questions if you have some. I know I've only talked for a few minutes, but sometimes it might be better to interact with all of you or a few. Yes. It, it seems like we can see one of our security blankets. Should we endeavor to wean ourselves off of it or become less reliant on it? A little bit. It's more about the awareness of that rather than kind of getting rid of it or not having that anymore. It will take care of itself. If you just are aware of it, you don't fuel it uh, by ignoring it. You don't fuel it by justifying it. And you don't fuel it by pushing or trying to get rid of it or shove it in the closet and slam the door and uh, put caulk all around the doors and remove the hinges and, and, and file off the doorknob and paint the whole thing uh, bisque. And say, oh, it's just a wall. No, that's where your security blanket is in there. 
So it's about awareness again. It's about the awareness of the cover-up. And it's astonishing. It's astonishing to begin to witness the way in which you, me, anyone, we're talking about you in this case, actually have a, a style or a way of covering up. Some of us do it with our intellect. We just keep thinking in circles and, and that seem to make sense. We think in circles that seem to make sense. We think in circles that seem to make sense. It seems to make sense. It seems to make sense. And, and it does make sense, the circle. But sometimes rather than, rather than it is an expression of your wisdom mind, it is more an expression of uh, a highly developed intellect that is protecting the self that does not want to be seen because it is it realizes it's a it's a clown on the roof. It has no has no credentials. It's insubstantial. And it uh, if it's seen through, it it may show up. It may not. It may because of causes and conditions, because of karma, because you're still. Uh, downloaded as a physical being, it may come and it may go, but you always see that it's unreal. So therefore, no matter how intense the egocentric emotion or feeling that seems to be expressed by that dynamic, uh, you listen because you listen to everything. You receive because you receive everything, but you add nothing to it. It gets no, it gets no library card. It gets no credential. Nor do we snatch everything away from it. If it seems to come and present some other kind of a credential, then be a good host. Listen to the credential, but don't accept it, don't reject it, and don't look away. Yes. Can a security blanket also be a blind spot? Yes. And quite often, it is a blind spot. Uh, or it is a it could be characterized as a blind spot, but it's something that when you go towards it, something else takes you away from it, some kind of distraction. So we don't because when we go to the blind stuff blind spot, it looks like nothing's there. It just looks dark. And so this is what one of the best ways, probably the the best way to train the mind in this uh, to look into this is to face the wall, do a lot of it, do a, do a lot of it. It's sit down, hold still, look at the wall. And that's kind of a blind spot. It's like, I mean, whatever happens watching a wall, not much. If it does, we start to get real excited about it. I think, I think, I think I might be, a, I think I might be in Samadhi. I don't know. It just really felt really good to me. Anything that shows up, you should go, you go ahead and enjoy it. Appreciate it, but it won't last. Nothing lasts. Anything that comes up goes away. Is there anything that doesn't go away? Yes. What doesn't come up? What doesn't show up? Or something. And you might say to me, so, so aren't you showing up? I mean, you're running your mouth constantly. Yeah. Full of lies. I said, don't believe a word I say. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. But don't disregard it. And don't disbelieve it. Do nothing with it. It's a powerful, if you can understand those three, don't push, don't pull, don't shut down. This is, this is basically uh, expressed as, a, uh, as consciousness. This is uh, authentic presence. And why is it authentic? It needs no support. There's no falsehood about it because there isn't anything other than that. If there's something else, 
we got a stage play going on. And then we got a director and then we got a screen writer and then we have a best boy and then we have somebody taking tickets. I'm being silly, but you know what I'm saying? It gets very complicated, the whole phantasmagoria we call drama. Very, very good question. Uh, it's like a little of each. It depends on the individual. This is why they have uh, in the Japanese tradition, they have the word Kensho, because people sometimes begin to get some kind of a bright light coming through the cracks. And and it's an, it's very experiential because there's such a contrast with the, the gloom and doom uh, or the uh, the 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 uh, fanfare and uh, um, expressiveness of uh, the carnival of your life, or maybe we see something else happen. There's a big contrast there, but when you see what it is fundamentally, there's no contrast. It no, no, there's no longer a contrast. I'm not saying you don't have a memory uh, of that, but but since since things are not fundamentally separate, I'll emphasize that. Since you can't find two different entities, two different phenomena, two different ontological structures, two, 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 no two. If there's two, you can get something between it. You can slide something between it. There's a three. Can't be, ha can't, can't be done. I mean, it can be done relatively. Of course, we do it all the time. It's called what? Politics, math, grocery shopping. That's why it's so powerful. That's why it's ultimate. That's why it's transcendence. That's why it's a spiritual path. And that's why there's so few people are doing this. People may meditate. They may, may belong to various sanghas. And I know I've been in a few of them. And I'm not, not to be critical of anybody's practice or I'm just saying that it takes a lot to do this. And if you, you may see this, but then it's even more unusual if you can actually teach it. <clears throat> I'm not saying there aren't teachers everywhere that are teaching this. Maybe. Or think they're teaching this or trying to teach this or other people think they're teaching this. If the, if the teaching person needs anything, the adoration or the supplication or even the money of, any, of anyone needs anything else, probably not a true teacher. There's no, trans, there's no, there's no transaction going on. Questions about this are good. Keep coming. Take me apart. Come ahead. You're all very smart. Yes, sir. Uh, so how does one prevent the Kensho becoming a security blanket? How does one how does one do what with it? How does one prevent the Kensho becoming very good. a security blanket? All you have to do is see it. Just see that see that it's Kensho. See that um, uh, the last Kensho I had is was in uh, was June the first, nineteen seventy seven, and uh, and I was in a month long solitary retreat. Some of you heard me talk about this before. I'm just using it because it was was Kensho. It was something that rose and, and faded away. And what hope happened is after a couple of weeks in solitary retreat, in a in a hut in. A, uh, um, right here in Barry County, actually, in a hut that I built. 
and, and uh, I sat up and looked across the, the cornfield and uh, realized that nothing, nothing was asleep anywhere. Nothing ever slept. But sleeping, the actual sleep is uh, uh, illusory. There's no, there's no such thing as sleep, ultimately. Relatively, of course, there's sleep. But ultimately, nothing sleeps. It's an astonishing realization. And as a realization, it fades because it is not separate. So if you understand that, then you can see why anything that shows up is going down. That doesn't mean that what shows up wasn't the leading edge of uh, some kind of insight or some kind of deeper understanding of the relative nature of ultimate truth and the ultimate nature of relative truth. So if you don't do much with it, uh, I noticed, I remember at the time, it's kind of like I wanted to tell people about it, especially people who say, well, so what was that like? You you were in there for a month? Oh, my God, I couldn't do that. And I said, well, I couldn't do it either. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. So you get kind of a little bit proud of sitting, meditating for a long time, especially if you have a really good Kensho right in the middle of it. But I had two more weeks to go, so by the time I got out of there, it wasn't quite as uh, stupendous. And you know, it, at the time, it wasn't even stupendous. It was it was kind of flat feeling. It was just like it was like someone said in my mind, "Nothing sleeps." It wasn't something I thought or I concluded. It's like someone else said that, or, or it was a some kind of insight, but it went away. And so, uh, I would say, if you have those, then then just keep your eye on it. Just look at it and realize that it's 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 an it's an it's experiential. It's something that happened, and it may it may help you continue on the path to realize I, I have some deep insight into the non-dual nature of reality. I have some insight that's coming to me somewhat in an intellectual way and somewhat in a just an intuitive way. So there's nothing wrong with seeing that. And uh, but. To the security blanket part would be kind of using that or clinging to that or trying to regurgitate that. That's the, don't do anything with it. I'm trying to recreate it. It's like trying to recreate your vacation in Florida in uh, 1993 or whatever it was. That was so great. Remember that one time where the hot water was so hot? The sun tends to do that to the water, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Isn't it interesting how we'll? Isn't it interesting how we'll go back to something and kind of dredge it up to have some kind of a reference point for something? And not wrong. It's about being aware of all that. Go ahead, Sokran. Sokran Browning, sometimes you ask us not to go on trips or leave the temple, and I wonder: is there security in sangha? Is there security in staying at the temple? Bowing. Well, I feel that there's security uh, in the sense of, uh, of continuing. We, we need to have, if we're going to train, we, we can't just be a flop around in the relative world because it's so full of, it's so contaminated with uh, what causes and conditions and incredible violence. Uh, it's just so contaminated. So it's insofar as we can stay, this is why we, this is why we ordain. I mean, this could, you could say this is a security blanket. Uh, somewhat, but it's a it's a functions a little bit differently. You could use it as some kind of a credential where, so I'm a I'm a, a transmitted priest, so I must know stuff. 
Not necessarily. Go on YouTube and find some transmitted priests and listen to them, listen to them for a while. And, and use your own bullshit detector. And I'm always inviting you to do that with me. I say, I invite you over and over again. Come on with your brilliance, your intellect, your insight. Take me apart. Take, if you see someone here, take them apart. However you want to do it. Disprove what I'm saying. or uh, But you better have your pencils pretty sharp. Because I don't think, and you do. I don't do it with thought. Big difference. So as far as uh, Sokaran to address more specifically your question, I would leave that in your lap. I would leave that in uh, yours or Ondo's or, you know, I, I might come in based on talking to you and say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Do this, do this, do this. Or don't, don't do that practice or don't move here. Don't do that. But I'm not going to insist on it because I respect you. I respect the karma of the people that come this way. So insofar as you give me permission, if you come and say, I don't know what to do, I don't know whether I should live at the temple or if I should live in Saskatchewan. And I'm probably going to say, you probably should live at the temple. Say, well, I, I really have my favorite uh, ski trail is in Saskatchewan. I said, well, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could actually catch me up in your desire to do something else. I'm completely catchable. I haven't been inocul inoculated against anything. I can anything can find me. I'm for any. I'm for everything. It's an ult ultimate uh, um, enthusiasm, and uh, and you could even say, uh, uh, what's that? That's word. Uh, <sighs> power of positive thinking. <laughs> I'm all for it. But if you say, I don't know what to do, then, then I might, I'll listen to you and I'll look at what I know about your situation. And I might say, you need to go to Saskatchewan. Or I might say, uh, why don't you come here first and then see if you really still have to leave. I'm just using a hypothetical, but it's that kind of a thing. So I, I'm, it's not like I'm, you know, ultimately what I, I know, as I've said many times or maybe 15 times, I think everybody should be ordained. Everybody should be a monk. Everybody should practice the Dharma, but that's unlikely to happen because I think you need as much glue as possible between now and the time you pass back into the elements. So there's the best possible chance that you will actually practice uh, training your mind. Interestingly enough, there are people who are totally devoted and practiced and trained and may, may even be have a Dharma transmission and they aren't near as clear as somebody who just uh, meditates now and then. So it does, there's no guarantee of anything. There's no there's no guarantee that just because someone meditates. I, I know people that uh, in the, the ones I know the best are in the Shambhala Sangha have meditated and practiced way more than I have. I mean, I'm guessing at that. I don't know. I didn't sit there with a clock. But when I say but, I mean, I should say and. And they're not awake. Not awake. You might ask. I'll ask for you. So, so how do you know somebody's awake? And how, what will I say? You listen to me much. I don't. But they do. So if I meet them, not separate. If they know that, 
then I won't know that separate from them. I'll know that with them, just like I will with you when you awaken. We'll know that. It's called the, the meeting of minds. And it's not some kind of highfalutin, fancy, ethereal uh, lightning bolts. It's very simple, direct, direct perception of the nature of reality, which is not two, not three, not one. It's empty of your imputation about it, and therefore it can flourish. Even if the world comes to an end, you can't stop the force of this. You can't stop it. Is that cat meditating, Wendy? Or is that a carving of a cat? Or is that a bell on a cushion shaped like a cat? He's not going to tell me. She has to learn how to sit in the chair below. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jessica has a question. Jessica has a question. <laughs> She asks, can insecurity be a security blanket? If so, how? Yeah, because we keep going to the insecurity for a reference point. So go to the insecurity, Jessica, and notice that there's a feeling of being threatened or being insecure. And, and just look at that. Don't, don't make excuses about it. Don't add anything to it. Just look at the raw material of insecurity. Just that raw. See, I'm moving my hands back. Just that raw feeling of insecurity. And notice how in order to maintain the security, you have to keep coming up with scary things, scary ideas. What if that? What if that? What if that? What if this? What if that? And to keep going, keep that that's feeling happening and happening and happening. But if you just look at the feeling, you do nothing with it. Uh, you might feel more insecure uh, without the feeling of insecurity. That which is real is not threatened. And so, but the path to finding or to seeing or understanding or uncovering or realizing that reality can be challenging, can be difficult, and can be um, not just uh, frightening, but terrifying, depending on what your kind of wiring is about. You all have an idea of what I'm talking about, or you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to this guy. Benjamin Swarthout from Florida asks, Yes. How can I practice in the thick of dramatic relationships, close, intimate, significant others? Well, there's uh, several ideas there. One is you can get out of those, which may not be possible. Your particular karma, your your relationship glue, maybe, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, more like thumbtacks or more like, um, gorilla glue. You may not be able to do that. So what you can do is uh, find some kind of a form where you can separate yourself long enough so you can get some mind training and some practice. And the, the other thing is, if those relationships are really demanding, the main thing is to receive as much as you can. Do not argue, disagree, blame anybody for anything. <clears throat> Nothing is anybody's fault. All, uh, the traditional way of saying this is all dharmas or all all truths, all situations that are arising, all dharmas, the dharma of the stick, the dharma of coffee, the dharma of human beings, the dharma of the Buddha, the dharma, the dharma, the dharma. All these dharmas are without blame. There is no direct cause. Even the Buddha's dharma is without cause. 
The causation is something we guess at because we think things are separate. This caused that, caused that, caused that. And of course it did, but it's uh, it's even worse than that. Is everything it is everything is causing something else? The something else is causing the is not only uh, the effect, but the effect is actually uh, uh, causing uh, the cause. And I'm not talking about crows, although it's not. If you hear a lot of crows in a field in the middle of a month long retreat, it's pretty irritating. Even though they sound wonderful, oh, the birds are here to accompanying me on my retreat. Not good. So what I would say is whatever rises, be with that. And how do you learn to do that? You start by sitting down, holding still, and uh, wall, gaze at the wall. Sit down, sit very symmetrical. Eyes, all the senses open, look at the wall and do a lot of it. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. Hours, hours every day if you can. Otherwise, it's just more a hobby-like thing. Not wrong. Some people, maybe they just want to meditate to cool down. It will happen that way. But if you do a lot of it, eventually, it's like any kind of training. Eventually, you get into the real difficult part of the training. The hardest part about the Marine Corps to me was uh, getting out of boot camp and going into a second infantry training regiment at uh, at, uh, Camp Pendleton. That was a lot harder than boot camp. It would have been even harder had I had to go and kill people, which is what I was training to do. Can anger be a security blanket? Yes. And the, one of the obvious ways this, this happens is something happens in your environment, with your relationship, or with somebody, or something, anything happens, and instead of just receiving that, just receiving the whole texture, the whole difficulty of the situation, which is dependently arisen, no one's to blame for it. Instead, instead of feeling that, instead of having complete generosity, and receive with our heart what is happening, receive the world. Generosity is not going to go out that way towards others unless you first can really receive what the what the earth or what the, the world, what the solar system, what the sun and the moon, what the Buddha and the Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions in the Three Times are giving you. Here, work with this. And then if we get angry about that, then, of course, that's a security. Our anger always protects us from reality. The very nature of the three poisons is ignorance. It's the aggressive kind of ignorance. And then there's the other kind of uh, of uh, ignorance. Well, you know, the way that happens is uh, the one thing moves up and the other's down. And then if you bring this around this way, then it looks totally different. Do you follow what I'm saying here? And then all you have to do is push it this way, and then it gets really smooth in this area here. Passion. And then the other one, uh, the only person that really can do this well would be Nishikai. And I know he has stage fright, so I'm not going to ask him to do it. And that is just, it's this one. What?
but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's pushing, pulling, and shutting down, very simply put. Pardon my poor acting. You know, I've never had any lessons. <laughs> Although I was married, uh, what, how many times have I been married? Five times. And our, what was the day after tomorrow? Friday will have been married nine years. So, so far, so good. <laughs> I'm getting really good at this. My my son, uh, one of my sons, uh, couldn't make it to the, the to our wedding. And it was fifth wedding, of course. And uh, he said, "I won't make it to this one, Dad, but I'm coming to the next one." <laughs> You'd have to meet him to to know how funny he is. So, but there won't be any next wedding. This, this one's good enough, right? Yeah, I'm speaking for both of us. So security blankets, any other, Ajunshu, any other question about that anger? That That's a good question, that when that anger comes up, that is a defense. That is a, de that is a security blanket. You ha your anger is something that reifies, substantiates, and validates me. I'm the one who's angry. I'm the one who's angry. Or I'm the one who's ashamed of myself. I can't do anything right. I can't get anything right. I'm terrible. It worked pretty good for me when I was a kid because I had the help of my stepfather who reminded me every day how terrible I was and how stupid I was over and over and over again, besides hammering on me now and then. Painful. But all Dharma is without blame. He he came out of his situation. I have no, uh, in some sense, he probably helped me to have enough difficulty with my emotions that I decided to look for a Dharma teacher, which I found because he had an appointment with me in this country. How can I help others when I'm angry at them all the time? How? Well, as you know, one of the things you can do is sit a lot. And the other thing you can do is just don't abandon the anger. Don't try to get rid of the anger. And also don't go the other direction and express, express the anger because that's getting rid of the anger. To express it is to get rid of it. I'm not saying you can't tell somebody I'm really angry about that. But to, to generate like I was just uh, uh, the corny kind of acting I was doing here, uh, sometimes uh, anger arises that way. But that's a way we get rid of it. And another way we get rid of anger is blame somebody else. You're angry and it's because of them. That happens in the Sangha, fair amount. There's not much I can do about it other than saying, you're a mistake. <laughs> that, is, that is your feeling. Nobody uh, dumps a bucket of emotions in you. They're your emotions. Even if a person comes up and tells you you're an idiot and you shouldn't do that and you're wrong and uh, you're a terrible example of a human being and you ought to go crawl back in the hole in which you uh, were born in or whatever. Uh, if you blame that person, it's just a misunderstanding. It's not that they didn't do that. Causes and conditions are there. But if you're trying to get your credentials, your understanding out of causes and conditions, 
why even practice a, you're not even practicing a spiritual path. You're on a mundane path. You might as well go, go get a therapist or go get a, go, go, go through a psychotherapy so they can unravel the, the, the tangled knot for you uh, of a blame that was uh, conditioned into you either in your childhood or in past lives. It's not about denying that. Of course you have to include it, but to include it, you're not really including it if you're taking whatever's arising and putting it somewhere else. If we begin to see how those emotions aren't um, the trigger's fault, will they start to back off? They could, but. The, the emotions are not the issue. You, you need to go through the emotions and you need to feel the emotions and not accept them, reject them or look away. So you can begin to have some possibility of giving, getting a glimpse into your, your true nature, which is without a center, without a fringe, which is your Buddha nature. Your real nature is not no one in particular. And, and that, that's why I was saying if, if someone is teaching and they want something, uh, they're not a teacher. They're not a they're not a, a true teacher because they want they're still in the merchandising mentality. They want something. They want some control. They want to make money doing it. It's not that you can't receive an offering from someone so you can continue to eat. But same thing when I say I don't want any followers. Go follow somebody else. I'm not going anywhere. Not interesting over here. So yes, what you would do is you as you begin to to be responsible, have the ability to respond to your own emotions in a genuine way, which is they're your emotions. I'm not th saying there's a you, but they're, they're in your particular uh, milieu, your particular sensorium, your particular aura, your, your energy field, your however you want to call it. It's not a self, but it has a, a kind of cent centrality that doesn't really have a solid center to it. Uh, consciousness doesn't, ha doesn't have location. A consciousness finds its own form and it may be at a location. It may not. My consciousness has no, might look like it's in this old man, but when this old man's gone, uh, this, this body's gone, I'm not going anywhere. There's nowhere to go. That doesn't mean I'm going to hang around like a ghost and haunt people. That's a misunderstanding. So what will happen to take what you're asking about a little further, if you continue to work with it, so you, you're responsible for your emotions, you're responsible for your anger, you're responsible for your depression, for your, your for your anxiety. You just are. It's okay to just be with that. Be genuine. Don't kill anybody. Starting with your own thoughts, emotions, feelings. So kill nothing. It's the first of the ten great precepts. Is often misunderstood. Just like the idea of generosity is thought of being helping people in different ways, which I'm not against, but you might want to start out by just giving everything your attention. That's what you should give first. And by, by doing, by not having any warfare or peace fair with anything, no polarities at all. Eventually what happens is you begin to get flashes of that area that you used to think there was somebody there. You can't find anyone. And when that, understanding begins to look at itself uh, and can't find anything, 
then uh, still have a ways to go. Yes. Nick, security blanket ever help one go into this scary basement? Sure. This is what the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is about. It's their kind of construct or support. It will support you in training your mind, but won't uh, won't uh, uh, buy into your uh, storyline. This is why Sangha is so powerful. I have people come to me. Not, not every time, not all the time, but complain about other Sangha members. And I say, that's a Dharma gate. That, the person you're complaining about is a very close student of mine. And you're, not you, but anybody could be complaining about that person. So it's a structure. It's a Dharma gate for you. Uh, doesn't mean you have to be set yourself up to be tortured by somebody who is just happens to be a practitioner and likes to poke fun at you or whatever. But the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, it's just a powerful form, uh, algorithm for how to use some kinds of forms, three different forms to proceed on the path. So yes, there's, there's something there. I mean, I'm sure you, any of you, especially who are, who are uh, fully ordained or lay ordained, or even people who don't ever intend to get be ordained, but just have a strong connection with the, the with the three jewels. You don't have to do it officially. I don't care. You don't hear any propaganda coming out of me in that area. If anything, I'll probably try to stop you because I don't think it's a good idea for you to do this casually, like a club, uh, club or a uh, those other things, clubs. What? Are you going to club somebody? No, I'm not going to club anybody. Nope. I will not do that. Kevin from New York has a question. Kevin Townley? I know him. Really good looking guy. That's really nice hair. <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. He asks, how do we work with big cultural security blankets like patriotism or racism? You know, insofar as you can, uh, be kind, be respectful to people. You know, just like if uh, I was in the Marines uh, for four years and I trained to kill people, I didn't have to do that. My father was uh, was killed in World War II when he was 26 years old and uh, in uh, Andernach, Germany, just uh, just before the war came to an end. He did not want to go, but there wasn't any way for him to get out of it. He just resisted as long as he could. And then he just went in. But again, that's because he knew he was not coming back. That's what he told his mother and my mother. So I won't be back. If I go, I won't be back. I won't come back. And he probably knew uh, he was a Pisces, so he probably did know. <laughs> so the only thing I can say is be respectful to people. Like if someone comes to me uh, the other day, I was in having some labs done, and uh, my my tattoo says uh, USMC on it. We, he had a tattoo that said uh, "Camp in the Woods." <laughs> it's a really cute tattoo of little tents and dogs and cats and things. And uh, so I said, I said, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. And he said, thank you for your service. And even though that's an irritating thing for me to hear, 
I, I don't do anything with it. I said, thank you. So I just acknowledged because I see where that person is coming from. But that's not the time to start to have a, a irritation around the, the even the necessity of having a military, let alone a police force. Those are very irritating, including a, a school, traditional school where they test everybody. This is just a, it's an atrocious uh, stomp right in the right in the face of intelligence to say that everybody has to pass the same test based on what knowledge and what is that about control. So when you come into these forums, patriotism and nationalism, uh, even uh, uh, even Black Lives Matter, which is a really important movement that I'm very happy that's happening. Finally, I'm delighted that's happening. So it's a powerful thing. But but just because something like that is happening doesn't mean that uh, somehow other things are should be uh, dismembered or ripped apart. Everything should be done respectfully. Not just go in and rip things apart. I, I understand why they're knocking down <laughs> sculptures, uh, but you know it's a uh, might be better to take the sculpture and put it in a museum where these are the people that tried to take over our country at one time, have their sculpture rather than having it out in the middle of the public square as some kind of an honorable general. So I could go on and on about the political stuff, uh, but I'm not going to. Hope I covered your question, uh, Kevin. It's basically just be there for the person, meet the person when you hear that, and if it's uh, coming on the news or something like that, listen, but don't don't uh, pick and choose anything. Allow it to be confusing. You can stand confusion. Most of the world the world is really confused. The uh, one who the the one who is uh, is uh, clear is one who is clear about confusion. You don't get clear about clarity. Clarity doesn't need any help. Clear about confusion is water poured into water. Water poured into water. Common metaphor for awakening. You don't understand? Neither do I. Yes. Uh, Robert Swicek from Kalamazoo asks, how can we express fearlessness toward our security blankets? You can't express fearlessness. Just uh, it's going to feel very insecure <laughs> to work with a security blanket. That's how you know you're working with it. See if you can find out what it is and just go slow. Take your time with it. Examine it. Look at it. Set it aside. See if you can see by now. If you fool with it, it'll go in hiding and it'll show up in another way. It'll just it'll because it's. It's like a stage play, only you, you don't know if you're in the audience or if you're one of the actors or if you're the director, and those things morph constantly, just using that metaphor. Less is better, except when it comes to training the mind. Then sit down, hold still, so that you're more clear about these situations. That clarity comes from just watching things move without opinions, watching things move without stopping, watching things move without joining, without disagreeing without shutting down so that the ability you could say to see clearly is not hampered by the repetition of pushing, pulling, shutting down based on wanting to be in control of everything. There's nothing to control, but there is something to see and it's not separate.
So Robert Zweitek, what I would say is just just continue continue to look at it. And if you continue to look at something without pushing, pulling, or shutting down, it won't it won't hold still. It'll start to change into a different angle of the same thing. It might feel like progress. It might even be some kind of progress. But it won't be necessarily static in the way you're probably experiencing it now. Go ahead, Maria. If I if I have a scary thought and then I'm hearing the sentence which you said very often, don't believe your thoughts. Is this a security blanket which my mind is using? Not believing your thoughts? Yeah. No, because that's something I told you to do. Uh, if I say it, it's okay. <laughs> so it's a suggestion to you. I mean, you're 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 having uh, difficult thoughts, and I would say don't believe them, but also don't disbelieve them. So that's a that's a middle that's a middle way area there where there's a some kind of belief, and yet there's some kind of disbelief. So actually, you're you're in a more of an open dimension there where you're you're kind of considering it, but you're not going to go in all the way and and uh, you know with your fists double. And believe that's true, or pound the tabletop. You're just gonna, just gonna look at it, and and see what it is. There's more of a chance that you will receive that as it is, if you don't believe it and don't disbelieve it. You need both of those, not just one. So you don't believe it, so you're not going to cling to it particular particularly. But you're not going to throw it out to, by saying I don't believe that. So you're not going to disbelieve it either. So there, you're going to continue to look at the texture of it and see that there is some kind of validity there. It has an appearance that has a texture, has a quality, has a tone, has a fragrance, has an odor, has a quality, an energetic quality, like remembering a dream. They're unreal, but the texture of those dreams, sometimes the texture far outweighs the actual story because the feeling of the dream is so vivid. That's why that's quite often used as a metaphor for this life we're in. Uh, the real the sample dream is uh, is the one you have at night that tells you what a dream is unreal and then this is the actual dream this is actually unreal and this doesn't mean it's not has some solidity to it the very solidity is a a, a clue to its unreality Any further questions? I'll take it's uh, nine oh two, but I'll take one more question out there in the peanut gallery. You have one. Yes. Can the teacher ever be a security blanket? Certainly. It's it's a good kind though, because the, that's the far that's the last place that you're going to get any security from the teacher. Might feel like that for a while. Have you noticed? Might feel that way for a while. So sure, I mean, uh, I, I always say, uh, and so I'll say it again, I say it over and over again, I meet people where they're at. Some people need a lot of support. They, they, they really need a lot of support, emotional, all kinds of support. And then other people uh, don't need that or need different degrees of it, or need support in different ways need to be encouraged in different ways. If the teaching person can actually see uh, what's happening with that individual, 
then they'll know they won't think it up. They, they'll know spontaneously their relationship with that will be exactly what that person's person needs. Sometimes it's so exact to what the person needs that the person will freak out and go the other way because it's, it's, it's too, too much. It's too frightening to the ego. You can have people project onto you that you're, you're up to something or you're trying to control them or happens every now and then bound to happen. One of the things you can ask is, is there anything the teacher wants? I mean, other than to say, please keep practicing, keep sitting. Does the teacher need anything, demand anything of anybody? Might ask, but might even tell you, don't do that. But if you did something anyway, um, you wouldn't get any argument or you wouldn't get any um, accusation or do pretty much what you want. Further question around that? We'll dedicate the merit then at the monastery. And Wendy's little cat will help. Penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.